The following is message number three of the Southeast Blending Conference, held in Jacksonville, Florida, on the evening of September 3rd, 2011. The title of the message is Living in the Church as the House of God, Part 3, Enjoying God in the House of God, and the speaker is Brother Ron Kangas. Everything's all life in the Father's house, in the Father's house, in the Father's house. Everything's all life in the Father's house. There is life, life, life. Now, this is really hard. Replace life with light. Everything's all light, all together. Everything's all light in the Father's house. In the Father's house. In the Father's house. Everything's all light in the Father's house. There is light, light. Everything's all joy. Everything's all joy in the Father's house. In the Father's house, in the Father's house, everything's all joy. In the Father's house, there is joy, joy, joy. No, I don't know how the last line will work with this one. We'll just have to see when we get there. But let's sing, we enjoy the Lord in the Father's house. We enjoy the Lord in the Father's house, in the Father's house, in the Father's house. We enjoy the Lord in the Father's house. We enjoy the Lord. Sisters, sing it. Brothers, we enjoy the Lord in the Father's house, in the Father's house, in the Father's house. We enjoy the Lord in the Father's house. We enjoy the Lord. Now those under 30, sing it as your testimony. I enjoy the Lord in the Father's house. Stand and sing it with your whole heart. Amen. Amen. Okay. Those between 30 and 50 stand and sing the same thing. I enjoy the Lord.
Okay, now listen to this. Everyone from 50 to infinity. <laughs> Let's stand and sing it. I enjoy the Lord in the Father's house. In the Father's house. In the Father's house. I enjoy the Lord in the Father's house. We enjoy the all together. I enjoy the Lord in the Father's house. In the Father's house. In the Father's house. I enjoy the Lord in the Father's house. I enjoy the Praise the Lord! Amen. When the wayward son, the prodigal son, came to his father, what was the reception? The father ran to meet him embraced him then he said get the best robe and put it on him this best robe is Christ as our righteousness covering us without this garment we do not have peace much less joy but right now every one of us here is clothed with Christ as our righteousness. Amen. Then the Father said, Slay the fattened calf, and let us rejoice and be merry, for this my son was lost and is found, was dead, and he lived again. And from that same portion, Luke 15, we are told twice regarding the shepherd finding the lamb and the woman signifying the spirit finding the coin, that there is joy in heaven, joy in the presence of the angels of God, over one sinner repenting. So may we bring a lot of joy to the angels, to the heavens, to the Father by just turning to the Lord based upon the prevailing cleansing power of the blood of Jesus that at this very moment is cleansing us from every sin. Amen. That's what it says. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, is continually cleansing us from every sin. Every sin we ever committed. It doesn't say every sin you remember or every sin you confess 
or every little sin. It says every sin. Right now we are being cleansed from every sin. When the Lord wants us to confess something in particular, he leads us to do that. Then he forgives us. He cleanses us. Then he forgets. And then, eventually we will be enlightened to see that the blood, the redeeming blood of Jesus that cleanses us is the blood of the new covenant enacted in his blood. And when he died and resurrected, that covenant became a will and testament that no one can annul and concerning which God cannot change his mind. And maybe one day we should have a conference or at least a meeting devoted to the reading of the will with all the bequests. One of the bequests is their sins and their lawlessnesses. I will by no means remember any longer. But if we have the light on the whole New Testament, we will realize that in this will, in this testament, is our right to enjoy the Lord. The blood of Jesus not merely gives us permission. It gives us the right. Have you ever said this to the Lord? Maybe sometime you will. Have you ever said this to the enemy? Satan, shut your lying and accusing mouth. I have the right to enjoy the Lord. And I will enjoy him right here, right now. And if you don't like it, you can just go to hell. Otherwise known as the lake of fire. Doesn't this deserve a hallelujah? Hallelujah. Revelation 22, 14. Blessed are they who wash their robes. Not blessed are those who never made a mistake. Not blessed are those who never failed. Not blessed are those who never backslid. Not blessed are those who never sinned. Not blessed are those who never defiled their garments. But blessed are those who wash. 
I'm blessed tonight, and so are you. And we know from Revelation 7 that there is a multitude standing before the throne with palm branches in their hands, signifying victory. This is all the believers who have come out of a history of tribulation. And they are clothed in white garments, which have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God. Back to 22.14. Blessed are those who wash their robes. They have the right to the tree of life. Tonight is a joyful gathering. In the center of this gathering is God in Christ as the tree of life. And there is no longer a cherubim with a flaming sword guarding the way. For when our Lord Jesus breathed his last on the cross and said, it is finished, the veil in the temple, which was thicker than a human hand, was torn from top to bottom indicating the way has been opened into God for us, the redeemed, to enjoy Him. And every one of us, every day, in a personal way, has the right to enjoy Him. And we need to exercise this right. But even though we will have sweet, deep, intimate, personal enjoyment of the Lord, the full enjoyment is in the house. God is the God of the house of God. And not even Paul carried away to paradise, then carried away to the third heaven. Not even he could have the full enjoyment all by himself. But this house, the house of God, is the dwelling place of the loving, merciful, gracious, delightful, enjoyable, wonderful, sweet, pleasant, triune God. Amen. One day in reading Mark's Gospel, in chapter 3, the account of the calling of the twelve. We are told that the Lord called them, not first that they would preach or heal or cast out demons, 
but that they might be with him. Just to be with him. For three and a half years. Imagine rooming with the Son of Man. And on this recent trip to Ireland, for particular reasons, I didn't just fly in for the conference and then fly out. That I stayed for a few more days. And uh, I told the brother who was my courageous caring for me, I just like to be here with you. Not to do anything, just to be with you, to be with the saints. And then we had a meeting in his home, and I fulfilled the promise to the kids to bring in some brain teasers and riddles for them, which I will not share in the meeting. But if I see you in the elevator, I might give you one. It is just so good to be together in God, in the house of God, based upon the Lord's redemption and based upon the garment, Christ is our righteousness that covers us. This removes the fear. The fear that God is angry, that he's out to get us, that he's going to punish us. Don't let yourself get carried away with joy. He's going to play gotcha. No, he only plays gotcha with the devil. Only God himself knows how much he longs for us to know that he is delightful, enjoyable, pleasant. And he yearns for us to have a change of concept toward him and realize that he wants us to come to him so that he could be our supreme enjoyment. And he wants us to have this thought. I never had this thought for 27 years. I had theological thoughts about God. Concepts of God's righteousness, his sovereignty, so many things. But enjoy God? First, I never thought of it. Then once I began to think of it, sorry, according to my disposition, I temporarily concluded, joy is for idiots. The deep, thoughtful people must be miserable because they are aware 
of the absurdity, the tragedy, the agony of human existence. <clears throat> but of course, I had to repent. That is, change my concept. And now I would like to testify the deepest persons are those who enjoy God. And as I love to say again and again and again, Brother Nee's final words communicated shortly before he died, after 20 years in confinement of extreme deprivation, his testimony was, I have maintained my joy. In an intrinsic way, in an inward way, he never left the Father's house. The specific title tonight is Enjoying God in the House of God. I need to emphasize the fact that anyone who tries to come to God outside of Christ and apart from the redemption of Christ cannot enjoy God. Rather, he will be terrified by the righteous and holy God of glory. According to Revelation 6, the unbelievers on the earth, they will pray. If Richard Dawkins is still around, he will pray not to God, but to the mountains. Fall on us. Hide us from the face of the one who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. So they are praying to be hidden and we are beholding the glory of his face. And it's our supreme delight. Remember when Moses prayed and asked God, show me your glory. And God said that can't happen but my glory will pass by you. Then he put Moses in the cleft of a rock, signifying the crucified Christ. And there, in Christ crucified, he could have some glimpse of God's glory. We enjoy God in the house of God based upon the Father's sacrificing His only begotten Son to redeem us back to Himself and to give God the ground to become our enjoyment. Outside of Christ, 
unbelievers in their sins, meeting God in their sins with no Christ, God can only be to them a consuming fire. So we are all well advised to be like Abel and not like Cain. When Abel was raising the sheep, humankind did not eat meat. They were raised mainly to be the offerings. And Abel came with a lamb slain, testifying to God. I learned from my dad and my mom that we sinned. And that the only way we can approach you is through this sacrifice, which I now offer to you. And God was pleased. And Abel could contact God. But Cain came as if there were no sin, as if he had no problem. He offered him vegetables, the produce, and God would not accept it. Not because God is arbitrary, he's principled. But because you come to me recklessly, carelessly, oblivious to the fact that you are sin and have sinned. So I testify to you every day, every morning, I come to my Lord with himself as the offerings. I pray, Lord, cleanse me with your precious blood. Lord, apply the blood on my behalf according to your evaluation of it. Lord, apply the blood to me according to your understanding of its power, worth, value, authority, and effectiveness. Lord, apply yourself to me as the propitiating blood and as the blood of the covenant. Lord, I am still a flesh of sin, I apply you as the sin offering. I need you as the trespass offering. For every trespass I ever committed. And then the faith is there. And the way is open. I can say, Lord Jesus, I love you. I turn my heart to you. I open my heart to you. Be my enjoyment. 
but no personal enjoyment can even approximate the enjoyment of God in the house of God. Especially when all the hearts are turned to the Lord, everyone is open to the Lord, everyone is in the Spirit, exercising the Spirit. Then we go higher and higher and higher into the enjoyment of our wonderful God. This is the outstanding and primary characteristic of one who lives in the church as the house of God. Yes, that person knows the located God. He knows God is the God of the house of God. He knows and respects the living God. He exercises his spirit to express God. But far higher than all of this is the sheer enjoyment of God. There's another psalm somewhere. It says, blessed are they who dwell in your house. They shall be praising you all the day long. During the early months, I was in the church life with my wife. We lived on the second story of a two-story apartment. And there was a little courtyard at the center. And there was a brother who lived with his family on the first floor. And when he came home from work every evening about six, without any pretense, he would just walk through the courtyard singing. And I remember talking to the Korean couple across the hall, our neighbor, sharing the Lord with him. And then he said, that really impressed me. That man's singing. He wasn't self-consciously, he wasn't performing. He was joyful. He was happy. At the end of a long day in the print shop, with ink on his hands and under his nails, he would come home singing. What is higher than this? Now, a little further word, a kind of a revisiting of something I shared here a few years ago. But it's helpful to understand this if you like to have a joy that lasts more than 10 minutes or more than a day. Our spirit is the organ to contact God. Our soul is the organ to enjoy the God we contact in our spirit. 
If there are problems in our soul, we're opinionated, we're critical, we're anxious, we're fearful, we're insecure, we're jealous, whatever. Then the enjoyment stops. Because the organ of enjoyment is now impaired temporarily. The Lord, the pneumatic Christ, the spirit who dwells in our spirit, is the shepherd and overseer of our soul. At any given time, from his place, in our spirit, he knows and understands what is happening in our soul. When my kids were little, we would sit around the table at dinner in the old days when families had dinner together. And often I would ask them, today, did anything make you sad, glad, or mad. Well, if something made them sad, it would be good if they could mention it so dad could cherish them. If anything made them mad, they really need to let the anger go. And if something made them glad, we'd like to hear about it. The Lord who lives in you loves you very much. He doesn't spy on you. He's not KGB or CIA. He's an overseer. He's looking upon you in order to care for you. And he realizes this one he is just in his reasonings. His mind is killing him. And this one, her heart is aching. And then he begins a particular tender shepherding to bring our soul into peace and into a condition where we may enjoy him. In Philippians, Paul says again and again, rejoice, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. Again, I say rejoice. But in chapter 2, he said the Lord had mercy and spared the life of Epaphroditus that I would not have sorrow upon sorrow. I appreciate this because life has its sorrows and life has its disappointments and life has its heartaches. But it's a fact at a level deeper than any sorrow we can still enjoy our Lord. Amen. We are 
mysterious beings in complicated situations. And often in a meeting, the Lord knows. He doesn't come and say, I thought I told you I'm the living God. Now, I don't see any livingness here. Let's get to it. That isn't pleasant. He's not a drill sergeant. So he may spend half the meeting to warm us up, to cherish us, to feed us, to shepherd us, to encourage us. And then there's the breakthrough through a sister, through a brother, and the fountain of joy is flowing again. My brothers and sisters, God is a God of joy. And he wants us to enjoy him. So those who want to know God's will for their life, I'll tell you at least part of it. God's will is that you enjoy him. That's what he wants. As believers, we need to focus on the enjoyment of God and see that God's desire is to give himself to us to be our enjoyment. Okay, the word focus is important. When you come to the Lord, is there a focus? What are you waiting to happen? Are you waiting for the guillotine to fall? You're waiting for the hand of discipline to come? That means there's some unhealthy fear in you, a lack of trust in you. The Lord would like to shepherd you so that you realize God's desire is to give himself to you to be a, your enjoyment. Not just to give you a thing called enjoyment, but to give himself to you, to give himself to you to be your enjoyment. So on his behalf, I would like to ask, will you let him do this? Since he wants to do this, will you let him do this? And if at any given time something has happened, that there's a hindrance, let him help you clear it up so he can give himself to you to be your enjoyment. God in Christ presents himself to us for our enjoyment. Thus, we should come to him with the thought of enjoying him. The thought is crucial. Uh, many, many years ago, according to my feeling, I was not doing very well spiritually, and I dare not come to God because he would 
probably zap me somehow, high voltage. And uh, I realized that my wife was having a good time with the Lord. So I said, Susan, next time you contact him, will you put in a word for me? <laughs> I'm sure she did this. I have no idea what kind of word she spoke. But I believe it was a very positive and discerning and insightful word. Lord, Ron's afraid to come to you. That's why you haven't heard from him for a while. He's scared because he failed. And he's very clear about the doctrine of justification, but it's not helping him right now. <laughs> All of his theology isn't helping him right now. So would you appear to him and let him know that you're for him? I am pretty sure she prays stuff like this. And that's how we should pray for one another, not God, deal with him. Break her outer man. Subdue him. I mean, I don't want to make a show. Oh, we still have our beloved opposers. L let us just take a moment to pray for these dear opposers. O oh Lord, cause them to enjoy you. Amen. So go online, call us this and that. We don't take offense. We are happy campers in the Father's house. And we're not praying for vengeance, and we're not praying for judgment. We're praying that you would enjoy God. Then I would like to add this to the prayer. Lord, cause them to enjoy God in the house of God. Isn't that a positive prayer? We need to enjoy God in the church as the house of God. Sadly, so many human households are chaos. But what's normal is that the children are there with the parents. They're not terrified of the father. He's not unpredictable. He's not a man of rage. He's a man of tenderness. And the children are so happy when dad comes home. Well, no human father is adequate, but the house of God is the safest, most peaceful, most secure and happiest place in the universe. Because our father's here in the sun. Now we have verses from the Psalms with some comments. 
I will dwell in the house of Jehovah for the length of my days. This is the goal of the Lord's shepherding. His shepherding is not mainly to solve your problems. It's to lead you on. So he may make you lie down in green pastures. Some active souls, they don't like to lie down and do nothing. But tomorrow might be a very good day to spend much of the day just lying in the green pasture, enjoying the Lord. Then he leads us by the waters of rest. He leads us in the paths of righteousness. And then again and again, we have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But he's with us. His rod and his staff comfort us. We do not fear evil. Then we're on the battlefield with a feast. But the goal is the house. That's God's goal. That's our goal. God's house is our dwelling place where we enjoy the triune God, the Son's grace, the Father's love, and the Spirit's fellowship. This is our enjoyment right now. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The house of Jehovah is the enlarged, universal, divine human incorporation, the Father's house for his manifestation, satisfaction, and rest. So he himself is at rest, he is satisfied. And then in the Son, he manifests himself to us. That, listen to this, two verses from John 14. I just need a little while to find them. Verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, he is the one who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. This is in the house where our abode is. Then verse 23, Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word that is his instant spoken word. And my father will love him. And we will come to him and make an abode with him. How about this? We say, Lord Jesus, I love you. And we are enjoying this. And then there's the sense in us. Either to pray about something or to do something or to take care of something or to contact someone. This is his word. 
And this command, his word, will prove our love. Because if we love him, we will keep his commandments. So we keep his word, and then the Father loves us. We sense the Father's love. What, what is more tender than this? And we will come to him. Now the Father and the Son will come, not just for a visit, uh, not for tea, but to make an abode. Okay, here we come. Uh, we're coming to you, and we would like to live in you and with you forever, okay? We like to make our home inside of you, just as you are making your home inside of us. And the love here is indescribable. It's indescribable. And that's the basis for all our enjoyment. Next, O Jehovah, I love the habitation of your house. The place where your glory abides. In this verse, to abide means to remain for manifestation. So here comes the glory of God, the expression of God, remaining. We should love the habitation of God's house. And the place where his glory abides remains to be manifested. I love every aspect of the church. The ground of the church, which is the oneness of the body. The foundation of the church, which is Christ himself. All the components of the church, which are the saints. Wasn't it good to sing 852? Thy dwelling place, O Lord, I love. And I especially was touched with that line. For her, I would forsake myself, that she may be filled with you. You think things happen in the enjoyment that can happen at any other time. Sometimes, no matter how strict is the dealing, it may not work. But the love is here, the joy is here, and then you just find yourself saying, okay, Lord, I'll let this go, okay. Even I will forsake myself. This is my decision. Your love has touched me deeply. I wouldn't hold on to anything that would frustrate this enjoyment. Whatever you want. I just love you. I enjoy you. Your love constrains me. You're not beating me with your authority. You're not frightening me. I'll just abandon myself so that the church could be filled with you. Lord, am I 
Am I frustrating your way in the church? I let myself go. But it's effortless. It's spontaneous. All kinds of decisions. All right, Lord, it's settled. February 2012, full-time training, Anaheim, settled. Whatever it is. Next, one thing I have desired, asked from Jehovah, that do I seek, to dwell in the house of Jehovah all the days of my life. Well, the house of Jehovah is in our regenerated spirit. The length of time we spend in our spirit is the length of time we dwell in the house. How sweet it would be. Here is a sister, 15 years old. Not trying to imitate her parents. Not afraid to go against the tide of her generation. And she tells the Lord, at 15, this is my decision. I will dwell here all the days of my life. This is what I want. Lord, whatever happens, however you lead me, I ask this, that every day I will live here. Wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, whomever I marry, throughout my whole life, when I'm a young adult, when I'm a mom, when I'm middle-aged, when I'm not middle-aged, as long as it's a day and I'm breathing, I will be here. Because here, I behold your beauty. You're, you're just lovely. Beauty is God himself. And then here, I can allow to come to the surface the deepest longings in my heart. And I can ask you, I can inquire of you about anything. Why am I in this situation? Lord, I'd like to open my heart to you and share with you the desire in my heart as a human. And then I'd like to ask you, would you do this? It's so good to inquire of him. This is to ask respectfully. As you may have heard, in 1987, March, I was critically ill, much more serious than I realized 
prior to the surgery. Then there was emergency surgery at midnight. And I signed a consent for a threefold procedure, especially an exploratory operation to find out the cause. Then I slept under the anesthesia. Then when, when, my, when I woke up, my wife was there in the recovery room. She explained what it was. Then a day or two later, the doctor explained it was lethal. Your gallbladder was gangrenous. It was infected. You were very close to death. Then I remained in the hospital, not eating or drinking anything for days. Then I was released. And one morning, the house was quiet. All the kids were gone. Even the sheepdog was dozing. And I sat down on the couch. And I inquired of the Lord. This is no accident. What do you want? What are you doing? No complaining. Then the Lord indicated to me, this is my government upon you. You need to humble yourself under my mighty hand and accept this from me. And I did, and when I did, the grace came. God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. And I learned something of God, how he governs. When we are not in the house and not beholding his beauty, we just may stumble and grope. But eventually, when we enjoy him in the house, as this verse indicates, we just ask him, Lord, what is the meaning of this? What are you after in me? How may I cooperate with you? Do you really agree with my loving that person? Are you happy with this relationship? And somehow, in some way, the answers come. But the answer is not as precious as the process of opening your being to the Lord and asking of him, seeking him, knowing that he alone understands the mystery of your own life. That proverb I always forget, I know it's there in Proverbs. A man's steps are ordained by the Lord. How then can a man understand his own way? I don't understand my own life, let alone anyone else's. Our God is a lovable person with a lovely dwelling place. If the 
church is lovely to you tonight, please say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. See, a lovely person with a lovely dwelling place. So you know what the Lord's recovery is? The Lord's recovery is a lovely person with a lovely dwelling place. God himself is enjoyable. And his dwelling place is also enjoyable. That means you're enjoyable in the house when you enjoy the Lord. Every sister is lovable, is beautiful Amen. when she enjoys the Lord. Amen. Everyone is enjoyable even if you're chromosomally challenged <laughs> and are genetically programmed to be gloomy. God's grace reaches even the sour, most sour of sour pusses. And first there's the smile, and then the joy. It's just wonderful. The Hebrew word for beauty implies loveliness, pleasantness, and delightfulness. When we behold God's beauty, we are in a very pleasant atmosphere. Uh, when I enter a home, I don't spy. Believe me, I am not a walking x-ray machine. You know, reading everybody's inner being. I just come in. But the atmosphere is always discernible. Is there an atmosphere of peace, of love, of rest? And of course, there are a number of factors. But you want to know the main factor that determines the atmosphere of a household? It's the wife and it's the mother. When the sister is happy, the house is blessed. But when mama ain't happy, no one's happy. But brothers, don't try to be political with your wife and try to bribe her into happiness. Unless she's really dull and undiscerning, but I haven't met a sister yet who can't pierce through that kind of pretense. What a blessing it is for little children to grow up under the cherishing of a happy mom. What a blessing. Next, taste and see that Jehovah is good. Not see and taste. The mind wants to see. Let me examine this. Let me study this and that. No, taste. Just be willing 
just a taste. It's like you're in Baskin Robbins and you ask for just a little tiny spoon, they give you a taste. That's all we ask. We just have this itty bitty spoon. No matter what it is, it's not going to kill you. Would you just taste? Just try it. Call on the Lord with us. Pray with us. Pray, read, open your mouth. Just taste and you will see good. Jehovah, good. Wow. Your sense of taste will not lie to you. Our God is tasty. This tasting and seeing must be in God's house, his dwelling place. I don't believe that in the Vatican they taste and see. The Catholics, tomorrow, they will get the wafer dipped in the wine, having been transmutated by that awesome priest. While they're doing that, we're going to gather around the Lord, eat Jesus, and be happy Amen. as can be. We taste and see that God is good in his house, in Christ, in the church, and ultimately in the New Jerusalem. Now these next two verses are among the most wonderful verses in the Old Testament. They are saturated with the fatness of your house. I don't know Hebrew, but I learned that the Hebrew word for fatness refers to the fatty ashes of the offerings. So this refers to Christ offered to God and accepted by God. And it's a symbol of the riches of Christ with which we are being saturated. And you cause them to drink of the river of your pleasures. You know, there was this genius philosopher who came out with this statement, something only philosophers can do. I think, therefore I am. I'd like to give you my version. I drink, therefore, I am. That means my ex I owe my existence to drinking of the river of God's pleasures. But you know, we're stubborn creatures, and we are kind of ornery, so he causes us to drink. Have you ever had an experience of God causing you to drink? How did he cause you to drink? It doesn't say force you, not scare you, not stand over you with a rod of iron. But we have to admit, we need God to cause us to drink of the river of his pleasures. And the Hebrew word for pleasures is Eden in the plural. These are the rivers of paradise. 
So we drink the divine enjoyment into us. For with you is the fountain of life. Now, the fatness of the house, that is the riches of Christ the Son, the river of God's pleasures, that is the river of water of life, the Spirit, and the fountain of life is the Father. My Father is the fountain. And there are times when I will speak to him, O Father Fountain, I come to you as the unique source. With you is the fountain. Please don't think that anyone other than God the Father can be the fountain. I can't be the fountain to you. I can come with you to him who is the fountain. Do you realize that there is a fountain in your spirit? Then in your light, we see light. We're brought into a realm of light. And in this realm of light, we see light spontaneously. I ask sincerely, but you don't have to answer outwardly. In the last 24 hours, in these three meetings, have you seen any light? I believe many of us can say we have seen light. The Lord brought us into the realm of light, which is God himself in the house. And then light shines spontaneously. We can be saturated with the fatness, the abundance, the riches, the fullness within God's house. Our being thirsts for this. To be saturated. Eventually we will long to be transfigured. So that we will have a body of glory. Saturated with these riches. In God's house, we can drink of the river of God's pleasures. In God's house, we share the fountain of the life of God. In God's house, we see light in God's divine light. In the house of God, we enjoy the river of life, the tree of life, the fountain of life, and the light of life. That's why Everything's all life in the Father's house. In Christ and in the church, we enjoy the located God as the fatness to saturate us, the river of life to quench our thirst, the tree of life to feed us, and the light of life to enlighten us. Now you go back to work, you go back to school on Tuesday, and outwardly you're just a common person, an ordinary student or worker, whatever, 
However, you're a fatness-saturated person. One whose thirst has been quenched by the river of life. Thirst is any unsatisfied longing. That is thirst. We share of the fountain. Okay, no. We, then there's the tree of life to feed us and the light of life to enlighten us. So he, this produces a triune God person. You are a fatness, river, tree, light, life, person but according to your feeling about yourself you're nothing but others had the sense I wouldn't say you're nothing because when you're here God is here when you're here light is here life is here Nourishment is here. This enjoyment will lead us to the new Jerusalem where we will be saturated with the fruit of the tree of life, drink of the river of water of life, share of the fountain of God's life, and see light in God's divine light. This will be the consummate enjoyment of God in the house of God. This is our destiny. To become the new Jerusalem, this corporate person. And we will not need any kind of light. God himself will be our light. We will drink of the river of water of life. We will eat the tree of life. We will behold God's face. And his name will be on our foreheads. And we will live here for eternity. And this enjoyment will never end. It will never get old. We'll never say, been there and done that. I remember two trillion years ago, we did this. <laughs> this is a repeat. No repeats. The river just keeps flowing. Amen. Out of the inexhaustible God. And we will say, wow, I never enjoyed this before. Isn't this wonderful? Wow. Well, we're not in the New Jerusalem yet, except in miniature. But this is what God wants. This is what God in his Son has made possible. If he wanted to just destroy all of us, he could have judged us in his righteousness as he judged Noah's generation. But he chose us in Christ in eternity past to be holy and he predestinated us unto sonship that we would become God in life and nature and be his sons to express him and corporately to be his wife to satisfy him. And we all became pitifully fallen, lost and deadened. But the son came. 
as the shepherd to seek us, to redeem us, so that God can forgive us, cleanse us, justify us, reconcile us. Now we are all covered with Christ. We're in the Father's house. The fattened calf is here. And what God wants is that we would enjoy him. We have the right to enjoy him in his house. There is nothing that any one of you has ever done that can disqualify you from enjoying the Lord. Because whatever happened, whatever you thought, whatever you uttered, whatever came out of your mouth, however you behaved, all of that has been settled once and for all through the redeeming death of Christ. And the good news of this has come to you and is coming afresh tonight. And we simply receive the best robe. And then let's eat. Let's feast. Let's be merry. Really, everything's all Christ's in the Father's house. Everything's all life. Everything's all light. Everything's all joy. Everything's all grace. Everything's all love. Everything's all peace. Everything's wonderful. Here we are. What a way to spend Saturday night enjoying God in the house of God. Thank you, Lord. Now we have 20 minutes for anyone to share something. Those serving on the piano, would you sound the tone at 30 seconds? This way, 40 of us, maybe more, could share something. So let the joy flow that we would enjoy God through your enjoyment in the house of God. Amen.